right, everybody, welcome into another episode of the Sports Ethos Celtics podcast. It is me, your host, Patrick Lounsbury, here with my co-host, Lucas Gaynor, on just another day in the summer, you know, enjoying some summer league action as we watch some of the young guys get some opportunity and stuff like that. Lucas, how are you doing, my friend? You know, I'm doing well, Patrick. You know, summer league doesn't really hit the same, I feel like, coming off an NBA Finals appearance. Um, But, you know, I'm still doing my best to enjoy, you know, watching some guys fighting for an end of the roster spot. And, uh, you know, there's been some guys who are really impressive. But first, Patrick, just want to wish you a happy belated birthday, man. Hopefully you celebrated well. I know you got some things planned. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Of course, man. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, Pat, let's start here, man. Who really on the Summer League team, you know, of what you've seen, who has impressed you the most, you think, so far? I mean, I think it's going to be the obvious guy. And I didn't watch today's game, but I did see the stat line. Um, He's somebody that I already had liked um, after the first game. Uh, I think he had eight, uh, seven assists and two turnovers in the first game of Summer League. And that was J.D. Davidson. His, and he didn't shoot particularly well in the games I've seen him play. And I know that changed today. But just based off of his, his very stop-and-go speed is really nice. He has a really good change of pace. But also, like, his vision is – really good he just has a really knack for the game and and knowing where his teammates are and putting the ball in a good position I remember there's a while for these past few years there's only like two or three guys we could even trust on the roster at times that could throw an alley-oop J.D. Davison could throw an alley-oop like whenever and it's always just happens to be in a really good spot and he finds the guy um I think uh, if he were to make the roster and ever end up in a lineup with Robert Williams, I think they would have uh, immediate chemistry. So that's just been a guy that I've been really fond of, uh, especially in the summer league, which is no surprise, you know, the second round pick, uh, J.D. Davidson. Yeah, no, J.D.'s been great, man. He's really, really shown his athleticism. Uh, like you said, you know, he hasn't shot particularly well. You know, he changed that today, was really making some tough shots, some good shots today, but for me, the one thing J.D., or I should say the two things that J.D. has really impressed me with in the summer league is his defense, man. He's getting his hands on in the passing lane, blocking some shots, you know, frustrating other dribblers. And uh, he's made a really good, like you said, the, a lot of good passing reads. You know, a lot of them dump-offs or alley-oops. But, you know, I saw that he was kind of knocked for his decision-making, his passing coming out of college, and he's honestly impressed me in that vein. Absolutely. But, uh, you know, Patrick, the guy I want to pick is actually – Habanjeli, uh, you know, 2019 first round pick from the Clippers. You know, a big man who's athletic. He's six eight, six nine. He's related to Dikembe Mutombo, and you can tell by the way he grabs his rebounds and the way he blocks his shots. He's averaging almost two blocks a game, almost ten rebounds in about 25 minutes. He's been terrific catching those lobs. You know, sealing his guys, and I just think honestly, he's shown pretty much everything he can in the minutes he's gotten to show that he deserves like probably the 15th, 14th roster spot, you know, to go along with whoever the Celtics bring in for their third big man. So if Fundu Cavangeli, you know, has really impressed me throughout these four games of summer league, Pat, I don't know if you feel the same, but you know, we were kind of, we, or at least I can speak for myself. I was really hyped on Travion Williams. And, you know, Pat, we discussed that the most, you know, enticing, most interesting summer league storyline would probably be, which guy looks more like ready for an NBA roster spot right now? And Cobangeli has absolutely uh, separated himself from Travion Williams and the rest of the field, really, uh, as far as, you know, guys at that position. Um, I think he could come in and honestly rival Luke Cornett for his minutes. Absolutely. Yeah, Cobangeli is a, he's a little bit shorter for your typical center. He comes in at about 6'9". 
but he, he definitely has a uh, 250 in uh, weights that really make up for the lack of height that he, he has, especially with how that's kind of gone. Bouncy, um, but yeah, he was really good in the G league last season. He was averaging 17 points and nine rebounds um, really has a lot of potential. Um, I think I'm cool with having him on the roster. I like the way he plays. He's a bit of a bigger guy. Uh, the only thing that I would might have a little bit more of a concern with is the Celtics system really is in such a favoritism to switching defense. And that's where I'm kind of like, he's 6'9", but the, the 250 is going to definitely make it a little harder for him to kind of maneuver the way he's going to want to, especially when he gets put on smaller guys. But we're talking about filling up like a third center role, fourth center role type situation. So, um, a guy like that uh, who's younger, 24 years old, I'm really intrigued. Uh, I, I definitely want to see more of him. I want to see him more in some NBA action. I know he did uh, – last time he played in the NBA was back uh, in 2020 with the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. He was averaging like 11 minutes a game. Uh was four points and like three rebounds on 42% from the field. So uh, I'm intrigued by him, man. I think he's a, a cool prospect. He also is just bullying guys. You could tell that he has that G League experience while he's out there because some of these guys are are just getting manhandled by him, and you could just tell that he's not as nervous being at the summer league as maybe some of these other young cats are. So he's definitely taking advantage of the moments uh, and really excelling in that role. And him and J.D. Davidson also have a lot of chemistry with uh, that alley-oop action. Absolutely. No, I, you know, I agree with everything you pretty much said there. I think that, like, you know, to your point about switchability, I mean, I think I trust him on the perimeter more than Cornette right now. And, I mean, I know that's not saying much. Cornette's like a pretty big dude, seven foot two. you know, not really good on his feet. But I think, honestly, I think Jelly has done enough to get himself a roster spot. I mean, we'll obviously see by the end of Summer League whether or not that bears itself out. But I think he's done pretty much all you could ask of him in order to show that he deserves at least a spot because – you know, you look at we've talked at Nazim about the veteran center market. You know, not a lot of great options. You know, Brad and Eme have both touched on how they're going to bring another guy in, whether it's free agency or trade. So, honestly, I think that a trade using uh, potentially the TPE or just, you know, being willing to pay the tax, going that route, and then also bringing in Cup and Jelly probably be my preferred route, but we'll have to see. Um, but it's honestly not just those two guys, Pat, that have impressed at Summer League, honestly. Uh, you know, another guy who is fighting for a roster spot in the NBA and the Celtics is uh, Broderick Thomas, Pat. And he's looked good, man. He's been a really good shooter. He's scored efficiently. He's played good defense. He's making pretty good decisions. I don't – he looks like he belongs, you know, there. He looks like he's, you know, more under control, a little bit of cut above the rest there at the Summer League. You know, he's not dominating. But he definitely looks like, you know, he belongs in the NBA because, you know, he, he's playing like he's playing for his muscle spot, and that's exactly what's happening. So got to give some shout-out to Broderick, too, as well, Pat. I don't know if you, you know, liked what you saw from him. I don't know how much of a chance he, he really has to make the roster, but I think he's pretty much auditioning for other teams at this point. Yeah, he's definitely auditioning for other teams. He's still on a two-way contract with the Celtics. Um, I, I do like Broderick Thomas uh, I think he, he just has like a lot of uh, energy. A lot of time when he's on the court, he gives a lot of good effort. And he's really good. He's solid on both ends of the field, you know, on uh, court. And you see him able to kind of create for himself at times. Um, I just don't know how, like, where he fits in with the current structure of how the Celtics are. And uh, I think, you know, if he was like a big man with that type of motor and that type of skill set, like, he might have a better opportunity where it's more thin on the roster. 
And, and that's where I kind of come into play. I'm like, man, I, I just don't know if he can get in there. And I, I think that also has to do with the same thing as Bagarin as well. Um, I, I probably fucked, messed up that name as well, but Yuhan, no. Bagarin, or what is it? But I know I think you got I think you got it. I heard the announcers today putting the little French bagarines, the French spin on it. Listen, I'm gonna stick with Bagarin because I don't wanna, you know, sound terrible with that French accent. But I think I think you got pretty close. Bagarin, yeah. I mean I think that's what kinda is what the issue with him too is like I think he has shown flashes at times too where I thought he was really solid. And the thing is, is that they play both play a position right now that's pretty deep as far as the Celtics go. You know, the guard position is and not an area where we kind of need to address at this point. We've we addressed in that a lot of players there, a lot of players who are in that position are already, you know, in their late to mid twenties. So it's like, there's not much really to add as far as those guys go. So yeah, they can fight for a roster spot, but for me, I'm more intrigued with the, the big men in, in the summer league for the Celtics. Absolutely. And, you know, to your point about, you know, Broderick's on a two way. So, you know, there's nothing against him, you know, staying on the two way and playing a lot of games in Maine. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. Continue developing your game. Now, I think Bagarin actually has a real potential to make the Celtics roster, but I would say in 2023. Because, uh, you know, Pat, the guy's only 19. Man. I mean, he doesn't look it physically. Like, he looks like a grown man. I mean, he's built. He has that physicality of somebody a lot older than 19, but he's only 19. So he'll probably go back over to France this next season, continue to refine his game. And I think if he come over next year and – uh you know, if he plays summer league again and he's kind of dominating, you know, or not dominating, but at least, you know, really proving himself, I think that he has a real shot to make the Celtics roster, but that will be next year, not this year. So I'm right there with you. Uh, Segwin into the big men that you mentioned. You're like a little bit more intrigued with that. How do you feel yeah. about your guy Travion or our guy Travion, I should say, because he looks good. He does look good. You know, I think the concern with Travion is, is the defensive side of the thing, right? Like, I have no questions about him like as an offensive player a lot of the times. I like what he does passing-wise. I think he gets to good spots and takes good looks. I do feel like at times he he seems a little lost on defense and also just seems to put himself in really bad positionings. Um he's great at, you know, run, you know, rim running as well. He can definitely get it there. He can get some lobs up to him as well. Um, he's definitely got a nice little offensive game to him. Uh, There's definitely some room to grow in that section as well. But his passing is – he might be the best passing big in the whole entire summer league right now. And that's something that you can't really teach. So, for me, it's more so like, all right, let's polish the other parts of your game. And he really – like, if you're going to make an NBA roster at the big man position, you have to have some type of defensive tenacity to you. Because, I mean, we've seen guys like Ennis, you know, Freedom now not in the league because, you know, offense from a big man is just not enough. Like offense and offensive rebounds? No, man, we need you to be able to defend, be a capable defender as well, especially in a system like the Boston Celtics are are really trying to build. Um, I, I like Travion Williams. I think he has a lot of room that it can grow in, and I don't think that he, he'll always be a bad defender. But currently right now, I just don't see him as a, a positive defender. Oh, yeah, he definitely – a little bit of lateral mobility, but I mean, just as far as his strengths go, you know, he's been bullying some guys, you know, he's a pretty strong dude. Uh, he stepped out, hit a couple three balls. You know, I thought that was relatively encouraging on the offensive end, but his passing, man, I mean, like you said, he's probably the best passing big man in summer league. He makes reads 
the team far beyond summer league. But, you know, that was his number one skill, and he's really shown it. So I do love that. Um, I would like him on a two-way probably. I was kind of on board with him making the team. But, you know, I think I would rather have Calvin Jelly get the actual roster spot maybe and give Travion a two-way or sign him, you know, play in the G League. But I think Travion definitely has a path to be a useful NBA player. Um, I just don't know if that path is going to be immediate and on the Boston Celtics. But I think Travion has shown a lot of good stuff, you know, most notably his passing. So, you know, I was happy with that. Yeah, it's just going to be kind of difficult for some of these young guys to find a place on this roster. And, you know, no matter how well they're playing right now, I think the Celtics are still looking to see what type of options are out there in free agency and possibly in the trade market. And, you know, you're looking at a roster right now that we're in win-now mode. We're officially in win-now mode. This team has the talent to win a championship. So the whole, you know, do we give a bunch of back-end roster spots to younger guys that we hope kind of develop throughout the year is kind of not really a situation that's always great for a team that's in their championship windows. So ultimately a lot of these guys that might be – you know, on a roster, if this team wasn't in a win now mode, might not make the roster because of that. There's going to be some outsources. Uh, I know there's some big men out there as well that we are both keen on that we'd prefer to kind of like go and grab the spot or something. And it's going to be interesting because I don't think that the young guys are going to end up getting much run if they do make the roster this year. You're talking like garbage, garbage time or a, a game where like – a couple guys are sitting or if there's ever injuries throughout the season that uh, guys miss some games or just kind of need the workloads down, that might be the moment that they jump in. But I, I just don't see the opportunity for some of these young guys to make the roster as much as you thought, especially when you also have like, uh, you know, Sam Hauser, who's going to be on the roster that takes up like a spot right there as well. And um, it's, it's going to be tough. Rotations are pretty set in stone for the Celtics and, they only got deeper this offseason. So being a younger guy on this type of roster isn't going to be the most ideal for your development. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we are firmly in win-now mode. Like you said, not going to be too many developmental minutes, man. I mean, our team goes 11 deep, you know, with Peyton being that 11th guy. And then, like you said, you know, there's Hauser there. There's Cornette there. You got JD on the two-way. Um, and then we have a few roster spots to fill. So, you know, you, t- you kind of hinted at the veteran big man market. You know, we can kind of touch on that, Pat. I mean, that's the biggest spot, obviously, left in the Celtics rotation is that big man, that third big man spot. And, uh, and you know, some of those names, you're not going to like these. You know, Hassan Whiteside, Tristan Thompson, Dwight Howard, Boogie Cousins, you know, nothing that jumps off the page at you. You know, Pat, I'll rank those four. If I had to rank them, okay, in order of which I, you know, wh- who, which players we got, I would probably go, I would go Dwight. I would really say Dwight, Hassan, Boogie, and then Tristan Thompson. And I know you, we have a little bit of a differing opinion there. So where, how would you rank those four, Pat? Or the four again? I think you're putting in that a little bit there for me. Um, I said, so the four were, I had them ranked Dwight. Hassan Whiteside, Boogie, and then Tristan Thompson. Yeah, I mean, I'm. Oh. It's tough. It's a rough. It's a rough list to rank. It's Dwight. I think Dwight's a clear one. Agreed. Absolutely agree. Um, 
I'm going to say DeMarcus two. I'll say Tristan Thompson third. And then coming in at fourth, I'll have a son. Come on, my boy Whiteside coming in last. Yeah, I'm just I, I've never been a big Hassan guy. I also just as much as like I'm not a big Hassan guy and his motor and his motivation. I just don't like his attitude in general. And with the type of role that is there, mm-hmm. like it's not like I need him for more than like eight minutes. So I'm not gonna take on an attitude risk, even if it's not really there anymore. If people want to say that, that's fine. But for me to even consider that risk for or just find somebody else to take eight minutes, I'd rather find somebody else to take the eight minutes. So he's auto, he's auto out for me. Now listen, sense. I don't, yeah. So yeah, in that sense, then I would have a tough time, you know, with that logic, you know, applying that to Boogie too. Honestly, especially as a guy who comes from such high pedigree, he's not going to want to play eight minutes a game. You know, that's just not, but Honestly, it's just not a good list to begin with. Which is kind hey, of- I, I like Boogie's sacrifice back in Golden State, though. So he was able to sacrifice oh, on, a, on a team and prove that he's willing to take a cut role as long as the team is successful. So I okay. think I think Boogie has proven it. Let's be real. No, let's be real. Boogie did that so he could put a ring on his finger. Okay. <laughs> he didn't have I much mean, of the a role Celtics have just about the, as good of odds as the Warriors did that year, if not better. I don't know about that, man. Those we're kind of forgetting how dominant those Warrior teams were, but that's this is a conversation we could go way too far into depth to. That's you know what podcasting in the middle of July about the NBA will do to you. But uh, no, I think that it's very clear whether Pat and I agree or disagree about these guys. It's very clear that the list is not great to begin with, right? So uh, you know, Brad and E may have kind of hinted at you know being open to a trade. Uh, you know, I don't think we need to beat the dead horse that is Yaka Pertle to Boston again, Pat. Um, but I would definitely keep an eye out on, you know, Brad, maybe making a move here for, uh, a lower, a lower end guy than Pertle. Like how you threw out a name pre-show that you can throw out now. Um, who maybe the Celtics could bring in on, on a trade. Yeah. Nas Reed. I like Nas Reed. Um, Minnesota Timberwolf has a lot of good game to him. Solid. Um, especially with the Wolves bringing in Rudy. Uh, there's going to be moments where Rudy's sitting, they're going to want to play cat at the fight at the five. So it just kind of limits Nas Reed's opportunity at some, some possible minutes. And he's just above the, the minimum uh, salary for him anyway. So I, I think getting a guy like Nas Reed uh, would definitely benefit the Celtics. I think that's a bigger gap between him and, and Luke Cornett than people will, will ever acknowledge. But uh, I definitely am a big fan of Nas Reed. And I think the Celtics could uh, improve their team by getting an addition like that. Yeah, absolutely. I think that would be a, a pretty good, you know, I think he really fits that third big role well, Pat. I don't think he's, you know, accustomed for or, or you know, potentially deserving of a much bigger role, but I also don't think he should be absolutely relegated to, you know, the 15th spot on the bench. So I think Nas Reed would be a nice little uh, nice little piece, you know, if we could get him. Probably would definitely cost less than Jakob money-wise and trade value-wise. So I'm absolutely open to that idea, Pat. I think that's a really good idea. But, uh, you know, the summer is going to keep going on. We just got to wait for more chips to fall. You know, the Kevin Durant ordeal. You know, I don't know if it's holding up the Celtics making their third move, but it is definitely holding up the market in general. Things have kind of been on pause. So until that whole situation gets completely figured out, I think there's going to be stalling in a lot of moves uh, across the league, really. Yeah, the Kevin Durant thing continues to loom over the NBA landscape and 
they're just kind of waiting on whatever situation happens there. But I also don't think the Nets feel like they have any obligation that they need to to move them anytime soon because they, they have them for four years on a contract. So at the end of the day, you hang on to them until you feel like the best offer is out there. And you just got to respect that. Um, but I do hope that the Celtics are – are going to be more aggressive and, and definitely add a little bit more. I think that we still just need about one more or two more moves just to kind of like solidify our team for the year. And then at that point, man, I'm, it's lock and loaded and it's, it's, let's just do this, you know, like let's roll out there. Let's see what we're about and let's see if we can uh, chase banner 18 in that sense. Um, I don't sure. know about you, but what, what are you feeling? Like, do we, you feel like there's a big need that we need to do more than a couple small one or two moves left? Oh, absolutely not. No, listen, I think that the Celtics have the rotation. You know, we just got to get through the regular season uh, relatively unscathed. You know, Al lowering his minute load, not making Rob play 39 minutes a night, you know, anything crazy like that, letting him come back as we've shown. You know, he's a little bit prone to injury. But a couple moves on the outside, man, I think we're good. Because, Pat, I think what people have to remember is that I'm not even guaranteeing that this exact roster is what's going to be there in the playoffs, but we got to remember there's the trade deadline still. So, you know, Brad, you know, we call him blockbuster Brad for a reason. He's always willing to make a move if things aren't working out or if Brogdon has been phenomenal and say there's no, you know, we could use a wing instead of, you know, another guard. Um, I'm not going to say anything crazy, but, you know, I think that there could be some moves available there at the deadline, but, uh, I think right now you don't really want to make any moves, you know, for like big time moves, move any of the core. I think Brad's been pretty clear about that, that he does want to keep this core intact. Um, That's why, uh, you know, the ownership is willing to pay the tax because, you know, they know we need the, we need the deep roster in order to win a championship, you know? So I think, listen, I think we're good right now, Pat, just keep maybe make a little move for a third center, nothing drastic. Sign a couple more guys, a vet men, Cobb and Jelly, get them on the roster. I think we're good to roll, man, because I think Banner 18, you know, it's going to – I almost was going to say it feels closer than it's ever been before, but not going to lie. You know, game uh, game four felt pretty close, okay, when we were up 95-90. So I'm not going to say closer than it has in a while, but the Celtics are absolutely doing the right things you need to go for a championship. Yeah, and and I'm just really excited to see what um, what this team really looks like next next year when they go out there. I want to see what Brogdon uh, brings to the offense. I want to see what um, Gallo also brings to the offense. I think we made some additions that really help us on the offensive side of the ball. And then Brogdon is a guy that you know is good enough defensively as well. He's he's way better than an average defender and has a lot of mm-hmm. size and length at his position. So. Just super excited to see the defense not really have any drop off and and just continue to excel even with our bench unit. So uh, there's just so much to I'm look forward to, man. I, I wish the opening season was like already here. Oh, I know. I already want it to be October, but staying on the Brogdon train. I don't know if you caught his interview with Woj on the Woj Pod. Man, this guy has the right attitude. Him and Jalen already know each other. First of all, they did some activism down in Georgia. I love that, A, they were doing that activism together, you know, because that's something I'm very passionate about, and obviously Jalen is very passionate about. Um, number two, this guy had the, all the right attitude, man. He was basically Brad told Brogdon's agent he's going to have to accept coming off the bench because 
we have our starting lineup and our starting lineup has worked. And Malcolm, after, you know, leaving the Bucks, playing high level basketball, winning a little bit less on the Pacers, he's ready to, you know, step and play championship level basketball. And he's willing to sacrifice, you know, and be that sixth man. Right. And uh, I think that, you know, while being the sixth man is a sacrifice, it doesn't mean that he's never going to be closing games. He's not going to be out there in high leverage situations. So I think it's a sacrifice that, it's great that he's willing to make, and I really, at the end of the day, don't know how much he's really going to be costing himself because I think he's still going to play a lot of minutes, and he still will close certain games. So I think Malcolm has a great attitude, man. Southern fans should be really looking forward to him. And like you said, man, I wish it was October already. I wish the season was starting next week. Yeah, uh, definitely. And you also got to just take in consideration, too, that, like, not only are we getting the additions, but we're getting another year where the opportunity for, you know, Tatum and Brown continue to grow as stars, right? Um, Ime made it, made it very clear that he told the group, Malcolm and, and Gallo being added is great for our depth, but growth is going to have to come from the guys in the starting five. And what he means by that is, is you know, Robert Williams, you know, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, you know, you're expecting those guys to to then grow again and, and take another step in the right direction. You're talking about a second season uh, for Marcus Smart as a starting point guard, and that is his role. And then you also have, you know, Jalen Brown seeing, you know, can he get back to being healthy enough and, and make another all-star appearance? Can he be an all-star again? Um, Jason Tatum, like, what's, what's your next step, man? Be better than last year. Uh, you were in consideration for the MVP. You're in the top six for voting in that. Like, can you win MVP or can you be in the top three of MVP this year? You know, there's still so, so much more room to grow. And I think that's what's making us so excited anticipating this regular season because we're excited to see this team really start to hit a stride because the star players are still not even entering their prime yet. And they're so good. And this whole roster is just built to – to compete for some championships and it, they're in a really special spot because the window that they're in and, and championship windows normally aren't really big, but they do have, they have a window, man. As long as they capitalize and, and really play up to their potential, there's a possibility for this team to do some special things. Absolutely, Pat. I mean, I think we saw that potential last year, you know, bear itself out in a pretty great way. We just didn't have the depth. And I think that between Gallo and Brogdon, I think the Celtics really do have the depth. And uh, I pretty much, you know, I just have, I have everything, everything you said, man, I back up, man, because I just am ready to watch the basketball already, Pat. I don't know how much, it's hard for me to, you know, keep going on about, you know, these hypotheticals, you know, we haven't got to see it yet. I can only tell you I love the move so many times before, you know, we actually have to see it. But I think Brogdon is going to be that steady, calming presence that the Celtics were lacking. And when the offense was kind of sputtering, you know, Gallo, he's a super sub, man. He's going to come in and get his. He's a bucket getter. That's what he's been, and that's what he'll always be. So I'm looking forward to seeing both those guys really make an impact and uh, help further the internal development that, you know, Brad and Emei touched on. Absolutely, and I, I think that kind of wraps things up for us here today. You know, we wanted to, to touch on some summer league action, some things that the Celtics are kind of going through right now. The off season is here and upon us. Um, we will definitely be here. Um when uh, some more news breaks and stuff like that, as we go through the summertime, we'll try to get out at least one show a week, um, if not more, depending on what type of news is breaking. But make sure you guys head over to Spotify, 
rate the show five stars. Um, and then go over to Apple Podcast, give us that five-star rating and review. And then also go ahead over to Twitter. You can all find uh, the Celtics at Celtics Ethos. Um, and you can also find Lucas at Luca underscore Gainer. And then you can find me at Ball and Opinions. You can also find all of our sports ethos guys as well, following us and the accounts as well. They have great content for other teams, the other team you're interested in. They, we have probably a, a person who covers them as well. And then you can also head over to like our betting guys as well who – have been just killing it there and, and some fantasy guys for those who are into some fantasy football and baseball, baseball's going yes, on right sir. now. Football's coming up. So make sure you well, guys my Joe, doing multiple shows a week for my fantasy baseball team. You know, like I've said before, I'm a casual listen to his podcast. It really helps me out. I'm the number two seed. I'm in line for a bye week. So, you know, shout out to Joe, but yeah, go check out Pat myself on Twitter, all the sports eat those guys, man, honestly, during the off season, good time to catch up on other teams. So go, you know, search Sports Ethos Bulls, Sports Ethos. If you want to learn about KD, Sports Ethos Nets, you know, just go around and, uh, you know, search teams because the offseason is as good a time as ever to, you know, learn about what's going on around the league. So make sure you go do that at the Sports Ethos Network. But, Patrick, it was a pleasure, man. Hope you enjoy your birthday festivities in the coming days, man. And we will talk to you uh, once Pat has come back down to earth from his birthday pretty much. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. Thank you guys again so much for stopping by and supporting the show. We appreciate it. Again, let's go Celtics, baby, chasing Banner 18.